Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil T&D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenge themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. All right. Welcome to Monday morning. Yeah, welcome to the Hard Way Anvil TD podcast. Hard Way live on live. Monday morning. The hard- morning hard, hard, hard <laughs> to get up morning yeah yeah i guess the first thing about it is it's the first time we've done this together on monday morning mm. and mm. it's um it's been an experience and a half just getting in here I tell you what <laughs> i am um, i'm normally here by eight yeah i'm here by now as well but i'm never really pressured to be anywhere no <laughs> at eight i can normally just like sit at my computer and do whatever i want yeah now i'm here all right, shall we just crack straight into it? Cause yeah, we've only yeah, got an hour. Got an hour. Um, yeah, I've got, only I've, got, an hour. I've got at least an hour and five minutes of talking. Today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, an article written by Marshall, mm-hmm, November twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen, called "Train Smart, Fight Easy," uh, and it's about the dangers of old school thinking when employing strength and conditioning training to increase combat effectiveness. That's right. So this yeah. is a pretty um, military-related yeah. topic. I think because this article was, you know, inspired, inspired. by, by uh, I feel a bounce of inspiration. Yeah. By, <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> by a program that you saw that was being used in a infantry battalion yeah, somewhere in the country, and <laughs> Somewhere. it could be. So anywhere. it could be anywhere. <laughs> and um, the thing on so this program, I feel like like we're talking about old school thinking, and there's definitely aspects of it that are small school thinking. Yeah. Like, um, you have to do some end mentally challenging thing to prove how tough you are. Of course, and why, but why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also think there's some aspects of it that have some pretty new age thinking, and it's like yeah. there was some good prints. There was some good approaches to it. Yeah, the execution just wasn't one hundred and ten percent. It was more like forty percent. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, looking back at this program, I think, and this goes for, I guess, almost any program that you do, no matter what it is. Even in the article, I say that as long as you're training, it's better than nothing. Really? Yeah, I think you compared. It, you said. If you had to choose between six days of Zumba and six days of doing nothing, yeah. do the Zumba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, I mean, we're talking specifically for combat soldiers here. So there's there's a lot of context around why I didn't particularly like this program. Um, just because I know what the infantry environment is like, what the combat soldier training program can be like. And... Um, and when you're doing too much of something, it's not always a good thing. So um, I guess to give some context, um, I have an issue with not so much the way that they're training in infantry battalions, but how many injuries they tend to be. Mm. And um, and injuries tend to be a sign of something going wrong. It means that uh, they're either doing too much of one thing or not enough of something else. Um, that too much of one thing in this context, I think, was probably a a focus on upper body. Well, that was one of the things I thought was weird about this program. I'm like, in what world 
does and I this was this written by an inventory dude or a PTI? Uh, yeah, a PTI. Okay, so yeah. maybe that's why because I can't imagine any r- reasonable infantry soldier who's gone. I definitely need as much bench as possible for me to be good at my <laughs> yeah. job. And then on top, well, I mean, and lots of dudes like to bench. Well, <laughs> There's and, nothing wrong with well, that. Well, I can understand liking to bench, but yeah. just doing bench because, and this is a program that's meant to make you a super soldier apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure when the guy sat down and wrote it, he wasn't like, this is going to make them better no. than any soldier. Maybe it was. No, I but I, I just, um, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of baffling that they would put so much emphasis yeah. on just bench pressing. And, um, and on top of the bench press, it seems like there is a significant amount of push-ups almost every day mm. on the program as well. Um, and look, there's nothing wrong with push-ups. In fact, to be an infantry soldier, you have to be good at push-ups because it's part of one of the tests. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's like going to make you better at your job. It's just going to allow you to pass the test so that you can go and do your job. Um, but to be good at push-ups, you don't need to be doing hundreds of push-ups every single day. You need to be doing them consistently. Maybe once a week or something is enough to maintain um, if you want to put numbers on your push-up, maybe two to three times a week. But um, up to five times a week, it's probably a little bit too much. Um, and on top of that, we're looking at a group of people that uh, seem to be prone to shoulder injuries, lower back injuries, and hip and knee injuries, uh, which is because they do spend a lot of time, I guess, under load. So wearing packs, wearing webbing. Um, you know, you're, you're spending a, a significant period of each day of the week wearing something that weighs something, I guess. Um, and when you're doing something under load for such significant periods of time, recovery becomes even more and more important. Um, and the problem with, I think, a lot of infantry battalions isn't that, you know, they've got the best of intentions for their soldiers mm. now. They're doing this AOCP yeah, program, yeah. which is a strength-based rehabilitation recovery sort of, you know, get stronger so you don't get as injured. Um, It's got all the big lifts in it. Um, So, I mean, they're on the right track. The problem is that they don't seem to think that the recovery part is important. Um, No, it's just kind of that same old mentality where it's work, work, work. Yeah, and, um, you know, you look at some of the strongest people in the world, powerlifters and strongmen, they might train two hours a day max. Um, and then they might only train four to five sessions a week, you know, mm. because the amount of weight that they're lifting is it's a lot. It's taking a toll on their body. They need to give their bodies a chance to recover and relax. And in that time that they're not lifting, they're eating all the right foods as much as they can. They're getting as much sleep as possible. Fuck most of them on drugs to, <laughs> to help them recover. Now we look at an infantry battalion where they're certainly not lifting hundreds of kilos every time they get in the gym. Some of the guys might be. Some of them are pretty strong. Um, But you've got their, I mean, if you're doing this particular program that I highlighted, you've got five days a week of work, um, of of PT, and then you've got all of the excess training that you would have to do as part of a combat soldier. So in in there, there's got to be some kind of loaded carry. You know, mm. you're probably doing one pack march a week. You're probably going to get roped into a battle PT session or something, maybe some kind of section circuit or some other bullshit. Mm. Um, and then you're probably going to spend most of the other four days a week wearing your body armor, doing crawling and battle drills or whatever. And it might not be that high intensity, but it's all load on the joints. And then when you get off work, 
Um, I don't know if many of them are spending that 12-hour period getting the most amount of sleep, <laughs> probably not eating the right foods. When I was in, it was like, and I mean, yeah, sure, this is probably my fault. Um, just like it's their own individual choice what they fucking eat when they're not at work. Mm. What, but it's not exactly like they promote this kind of culture. Um, so they're not, you know, I, I would go home and have like Subway for dinner or HJ. Yeah. I think I survived on Hungry Jacks for like a year. At I lived on, at a, when I still lived on base, I was living on like cereal and orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, <laughs> it's a miracle you're still alive. It was fucking delicious though. <laughs> so good. Um, and then on top of that, you know, how many people are getting eight to 10 hours of sleep a night to compensate for all this work that they're doing? Sometimes you don't sleep at all. You know, they just take you out field and you just don't sleep for fucking five days. Yeah. Um, so I guess my issue isn't so much with this particular program. Just like any program, if you sat down and analyzed it, you know, if you went over it with a fine tooth comb, there's probably some shit that you go, oh, I don't agree with that. Mm. And there's probably some stuff that's like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. You could take my programs that I've written that are free on the Anvil site and you could go over them and find shit you don't like about them. Well, yeah. yeah, especially with all the differing opinions in the fitness community as well. Yeah, and just because I write it one way doesn't make it perfect. Um, the only reason that I, I guess, critiqued this one initially is because I knew how much um, this guy had gotten injured. Like the guy mm. who sent it to me, he had come away from this program and he said, oh, I really, I really enjoyed doing this program right up until the point where I injured myself. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay, so something's gone wrong. Yeah. Um, and I believe it was a shoulder injury or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but that guy has a lot of injuries anyway, just like most people that are in an infantry unit. You know, all three of us came out of there with injuries and the secret to making those injuries manageable or better is not to do more work. No. It's to do the right amount of work. So I guess training smart. And then it's to... But also train up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's to be consistent with that stuff. So um, I guess moving into, you know, what exactly was on this program. We can talk about um, the particular days the first sheet of paper on this program i actually quite liked um when i first read it i was well, like oh this is this is a banger yeah um, i do remember reading this as well and thinking this dude's putting forward all good points and that's kind of where like like i said at the start there's some good really good stuff on yeah. here and it's this dude's obviously approached it with a new age thinking but it's almost like he couldn't shake off some of the older stuff <laughs> yeah yeah which i think is fair for to say for almost any coach everyone's got mm. their biases yeah um and there's good and bad ways to do almost any kind of training. So, you know, you can do a program like this and it could be quite effective, to be honest, um, if it was potentially the only thing you were doing. Mm. Um, if all they did, if all this soldier did for, I believe it was like a six-week period, was these five days a week and they got the right amount of rest, they got the recovery, they're mm. eating the right foods, they're probably going to come out of this program pretty fit. Yeah. Um, but the issues I have is how dominant it is on the upper body. I also think that the pro this program is probably geared towards um, maybe not so much a combat soldier as someone that just wants to look sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they don't spend a lot of time working the posterior chain and they don't spend a lot of time working the legs, not nearly as much as they probably should. Yeah, and I think anyone who's spent time in imagery 
can attest to the amount of lower body you use. Mm. Like the upper body seems to just do a lot of the, you know, you may put stuff on the upper body. So your yeah. body armor pack. Yeah, for like the skeleton. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> just, yeah, just it's like a coat rack, a glorified coat rack. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> the lower body is. your coat weight, 40 yeah. kilos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the lower body is the one that does most of the work because it's just so much fucking walking it at is. the end of the day. That's like the main the thing you'll do most is walk. And when you're walking with weight on, your hips and your knees are taking a beating. Mm, I can still remember the feeling all the weight on my hips. Yeah. And like when you first when like the first kilometer of a pack march where you still kinda It's the break in period. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my fucking the shins hurt. I'm like, oh, they'll stretch out in about a K. <laughs> a warm-up. I always need a little warm-up once I stretch out. And, yeah, you can feel all the weight on your hips, especially like if you're if you're carrying the gun with all the ammo. Yeah. You can just feel so much weight on your hips. And, you know, no wonder I ended up with, like, childbearing hips. <laughs> well, thank God I have them anyway. Yeah. So I guess the first page of this program they say some stuff that I really agree with. He says things like, um, you know, it's not about looking good in the mirror. It's not a bodybuilder-style program. It's designed to challenge your physical and mental capacity. That's a great throwaway line that they love to put in there. <laughs> designed to be hard um, and enhance conditioning. Now, I don't disagree with any of those things. Like, mm. um, And realistically, my programs that I've written, especially for infantry soldiers, are basically the same thing. They're not – I wouldn't call them um, – super fun like mm. we've done a lot of those sessions and that circuit that i put at the end that's like six rounds of three exercises that was like a heartbreaker for me every <laughs> single time we did that in the gym we did that for like over a year we did that while yeah it was pretty yeah but that training program left me better off we were running twice a week mm. um you know we were doing a fair amount Jesus, the coffee's coming back yeah. up. <laughs> um, we were running twice a week. You know, we were doing, I, I don't remember if at that point we were doing a lot of walking. It might have been once a week we would go for a walk. Maybe on the other Thursdays. But um, but the walk was part of the recovery and I, I would do it with a 30-kilo weight vest on. I did not envy you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was doable and I didn't get hurt. Yeah, the... When we were doing that program, not only did my injuries not get worse, my pain went away a fair bit. You know, my back was fine mm. um, and my running got better, which is something that you would ideally want from an infantry soldier. You don't want to be the best runner in the world, but you want them to at least be capable of running. running capacity, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was able to walk five to six Ks a week with a 30 kilo vest on, which is basically a pack march. And um, and on top of that, we were doing like four weight sessions a week that were fairly high intensity. The strength was increasing, and the injuries didn't seem to be giving us any trouble. Mm. So that's that's an ideal world situation for an infantry soldier where they're getting better at all these things. Their injuries seem to just fade into the background, and they're um and they're not fucked all the time. I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess we were lucky in the sense that we didn't have to go off to the battalion after we did those sessions and do a whole day of dumb shit. Well, and yeah, that's the difference you have to take into account. And you mentioned even at the start that there needs to be a kind of specificity for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. When you're trying to do that, you need to take into account everything the person may be doing. So yeah. for us, it's easy because we're like, we do this and then we can just rest. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like we've been saying this whole time, an infantry soldier is doing that and then they may spend the day 
fucking you know on then <laughs> like running around an oval with webbing or like with yeah. body armor on like um, doing yeah drills and shit and they're just fucked yeah um and i remember the start of this article um and then i remember also back when the guy first gave me the program and said what do you think of this mm. he's like oh i want to do something that's more functional training and um here we go <laughs> I, and I'm not super mad about that word anymore. <laughs> um, you've um, <laughs> talked talk through, talk through this. Yeah, yeah we've you've made peace. Me and Dr. Kevin works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rage is gone. Um, but when it comes to, I guess, functional training, people, that's sort of a throwaway word in the fitness community these days. Um, that tends to refer to God knows what, realistically. <laughs> well, it's kind of almost lost meaning now. Yeah, like, you know. kind of go, oh, it's functional. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. The day? <laughs> um, but when it comes to, if we were to do functional training for an infantry soldier, it would be training that reflects their job mm. because then it's functional for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I initially looked at this program and the first day, obviously, why would you not bench on Mondays? Um, <laughs> <What else? laughs> In, International Chess Mondays. Yeah, yeah, I got a little bit confused. I was like, oh, okay, so we're doing some bench press. That's great. More bench, some back, some shrugs. I'm not entirely sure why they're in there. Um, but and then it massive finishes traps. with this, yeah, massive traps, <laughs> <laughs> just shrugging dumbbells. Yeah. Jim, that's going to help, dear soldier. <laughs> um, and then you finish with this barbell complex, which that I think the beginning with the bench and the finishing with the barbell complex were the two things that I was just like, you've said all this stuff about not looking good in the mirror, you've said all this stuff about it wanting to be challenging and enhanced conditioning. Um, I assume you don't want people to get injured as well mm. because why would you want that? Um, <laughs> but then you're getting them to do something that isn't that functional. I mean, bench press is not really that functional when it comes to an infantry soldier. Um, and then on top of that, this barbell complex at the end is like, it's like fucking six different movements that's just completely fucking their shoulders for what I can't quite figure out why they're doing it, mm. um, where they could be doing a circuit, you know, that doesn't put as much stress on them to do all these different things. Um, you know, it's not as confusing and it's probably not going to compromise them for later in the day or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, and then going through the rest of the week, you know, there's a couple of circuits in there for conditioning on Tuesday and Thursday. And then there's one lower body day and then the Friday is, um, you know, you guessed it, upper body. <laughs> it's your boy. So, it's your yeah. boy. I'm back again. Yeah. And so my issue with this is you've got five days to work with these guys um, because everybody knows they're going and hitting the piss for Saturday and Sunday. They're probably not training. Just assume they are. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to be right. And, I, I mean, it goes without saying that that is damaging their ability to recover mm. probably more than anything else they do in the week. But just trying to forget about the fact that they're just sinking piss all weekend. Through the week, you want to give them the best possible chance to achieve whatever goals they have without doing too much damage in the process, I mm. guess. And to spend most of it focusing on what you said is basically a glorified coat rack <laughs> <laughs> is not the best way to go about that. Um, and I guess my point at the end of this article is less about fuck this one particular guy that wrote this program. And it's more about if you are, especially in an infantry soldier capacity, you need to be a bit smarter about the kind of programs that you do and and what you're trying to achieve out of them. So when I wrote my 
um, Conjugate for Combat program, which is on the website, and I believe it's going on the Swiss app, eight, um, Swiss eight app soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, the point of that program was initially it gives you three training days a week that you can just throw in on whatever fucking days. I suggest that you don't do them one after the other, mm. but you can do them Monday, Thursday, Sunday if you want. You can do them Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever. Um, and the point of those three days is that they're designed to work around whatever other bullshit that you are doing as part of your job. Yeah, and that's, again, anyone that's been an infantry soldier remembers finishing a day and just going, fuck, I just want to go home, mm. but I'm still meant to train. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I, I'm, I do train, but I, the whole session is shit because I'm so yeah. tired from whatever I've done the day that day. And you've got, I mean, if we are relatively strict about what your week's going to look like, you've probably got PT Monday to Friday mornings. One of those sessions is probably a pack march. Friday morning pack march seems to be the thing in infantry units. Um, and then at least one or two other of those sessions is going to involve some kind of running because your boss is probably leading it and for some yeah. reason all they can do is run. They just love running. <laughs> they love running. <laughs> um, so if you know that you've got to do this like, and it could be a case of, you know, you've got to do these two running sessions a week at the platoon, you've got to do this other fucking pack march and then you've got battle PT on Thursdays and Tuesdays is some section bullshit. Um, then you probably don't want to be spending another five sessions a week doing weights, which... Um, you know, we used to do it. We used to go home and train or whatever, mainly because we enjoyed that, but not a lot of people did like that. No, you'd have a split in like a, say, platoon. You'd have like the fit guys that would do their own, yeah, the, the well, I just cool mean that. Like, guys. The cool guys. <laughs> they would do their own training in their own time and then there's people that are still fit and like really good at their job but they just do the training at work really. Mm. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the fucking... The people that should be on the Zumba. Yeah. The... And then the other 80%. <laughs> well, then, like, everyone and everyone remembers the... And if you don't, you may have been one. It's um, <laughs> the, platoon, oh the platoon sacks and everyone's just, like, they're always at the back during workout, like, during work, um, like, PT sessions. And so they're always at the back struggling and they never do anything outside to make themselves better. They just cruise along. Yeah. And suffer and, through it. <laughs> I mean, realistically, they, I don't know if they should have to do stuff outside of work to get well, better. No, have to. Yeah. No, that, realistically, they uh, they shouldn't. No. Um, you know, and but work and work should facilitate them to yeah. get better instead of just being like, just keep up or you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but also, I think there's a bit of like, if you notice that you are not very good, you mm. should at least put some effort yeah. into being better. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with that because I was one of the people that would push that agenda most of the time. <laughs> um, but I guess when I talk about old school thinking at the start of this article, um, old school thinking is not providing an environment for these soldiers to become as fit as possible mm. without getting hurt, you know. And um, and so when we look at, I guess, a training year for a battalion, you're probably outfield for two-thirds of it. And then that other one-third that you spend on base, if you're spending it just randomly pushing these guys into like 40k pack marches yeah. or making them do pairs of training over and over again for no real goal. Um, no wonder there's a bunch of people that don't want to exercise outside of work hours because all the exercise they're forced to do on a daily basis in the military is shit and it's not getting them anywhere. Yeah. You know? It's just a pain session for them most of the mm. time. There's no, um, you know, there's no progression. There's no overload. There's no 
real way to manage them through this process. It's just like you better do it or yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to hate you. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, when I wrote my program, it was designed in a way that you could fit the three days around the rest of your training. So you're able to do whatever shit that the army is going to have you do. And then you can go and do these three weight sessions. And the goal of those three weight sessions is to, I believe I said, you know, develop explosive power because that's something that an infantry soldier really needs um, to maintain or improve your overall endurance and, um, and to, I guess, bulletproof your injuries mm. is the last thing. Um, now, I, do, I did write it out all the way to, I think, a six-day-a-week or seven-day-a-week program that included like a recovery and stretching day, um, included a pack march in there for people, some battle conditioning, so that if you wanted to take that whole six-day-a-week or seven-day-a-week program to your infantry unit and say, can we do this for the next 12 weeks or whatever, mm. that was an option. But I also know that that's not likely to happen as well. Um, and so maybe that was just our personal experience with um, one up in Townsville that, you know, it was very unlikely that you'd be allowed to actually do y your own PT regularly. Well, I do know, like, and it depends on who's in charge of your battalion because I believe after we left, they were basically saying you couldn't train at the battalion gym mm. outside of the AOCP or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I know that this program didn't come from one. And maybe it was different there. Maybe they could say, hey, I got this program from a PTI. Mm. Can I do this five days a week? And if that's the case, it probably maximizes their chances of success. But I just really doubt that that would be the case. Yeah, it doesn't, um, sound, doesn't sound like an extra tone. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we can keep going into why this program is the Yeah, because you've, <laughs> you've kind of mentioned already, talked about already, the first problem being the weekly schedule. Yeah, um, I think... When there's nothing wrong with having three um, training days, and I do want to go through this for anyone that's read the article and maybe didn't see these as problems, or maybe they don't see it as as big a deal. Which once again, we've covered it at the start. Um, you know, you're always going to be able to find problems and good things in any in any program. Um, you know, the ideal program is one that's written specifically for you. So you know, if if someone came to me, I, I mean someone came to me here and said, hey, I want to gain lean muscle, gain some strength <laughs> and just lose fat, I'd be like, okay, sweet. You know, do you have any injuries? We'd go through um, maybe what their issues are, what, how, what kind of training they normally do or have been doing. If they've been doing nothing, we might put them through some tests. You know, I might, if they're looking to lift weights, I might get them to do a bench press and do a squat. Um, checks for some range of movement stuff, maybe put them on a row and check their overall cardiovascular health mm. or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I need to go away with all that information and write something tailor-made for them if I want them to be able to see progress, you know. Um, I wouldn't just go, oh, okay, so you want to do those things here, just follow this fucking five-day-a-week program and hope for the best because... Although that might be more than what they're currently doing, who's to say that more is better, for mm. one? Um, who's to say that the movements that they're being forced to do are actually going to be beneficial? Um, so that was what I was getting at with this first problem. The overall weekly schedule is, I would argue, detrimental to an infantry soldier's training health just because 
one, you're doing two upper body sessions a week. You've got three weight sessions a week and you're spending two of them on upper body. You are just neglecting <laughs> the main thing that carries around all that weight. Mm. Um, it, you know, I'm pretty sure my, and I don't want to keep going back to my program, but it's just a, a, a bit of context and something that I can keep referring to. Pretty sure on all three days you're doing legs. <laughs> like it might not be the main movement or whatever, mm. but at some point you are working on either your explosive power through your legs or your muscular endurance from yeah, yeah in your lower body. And I say for anyone that doesn't understand why those might be important for an infantry like again infantry soldier with explosive power and endurance. Endurance because you're walking everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You've just your legs are just constantly working and Trust me when I say, like, it's not just regular walking. It's fucking shit terrain. <laughs> it's shit ground. You got a lot of weight on you. Everything feels tired. And, you, you know, yeah. you, the worst, the last thing you want is you dragging your feet because you're most likely just going to trip over on the shit ground you're walking on. Yeah. And explosive power because when you actually have to do things like um, most commonly an attack, you're just, it's just, you're working in bound. So explosive movements stop. Explosive yeah. movements stop. And that's, those kind of the reasons that are focused. Yeah, you need to be capable of, um, I guess, building up a lot of power from the legs. Um, I, I can't think of a single time where I couldn't have used my legs to help. In fact, mm. I'm pretty sure I'd spent most of my time trying to find a way <laughs> to use my legs lift to help. Lift your pack onto a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Leg pressing it yeah. into a truck. Um, yeah, so, and I mean, the reason for that is, that, you know, the way the human body is built you know, if we were designed to use our hands for everything, we would walk on our hands, right? Um, but we don't. So that's our structural support. Everything from, you know, your core down, like right under your nipples mm. down, that's support. You know, that's weight bearing. That's where you develop all your power from. Um, and then the other important part is the back. So, you know, upper back and obviously lower back. But lower back tends to get a lot of... Um, a lot of its stability and work from lower body work anyway. So, um, you know, the primary focus for somebody that's carrying a shitload of weight and needs to be fairly resilient and needs to be able to develop ex explosive power is lower body posterior chain, which is the posterior chain is just the backside of your body. Um, so for, I guess, knowing that, knowing what I know about, you know, helping veterans recover from common injuries and training in an infantry environment when the first thing i saw was bench press and then two upper body days i just had some concerns <laughs> about the health of these people <laughs> which i think were justified because um because this guy came to me he said yeah i love the program until i got injured which well, i'd say you're basically drilling yourself into an injury mm. by doing so much upper body and neglecting your support structure and then going and doing everything else yeah and i say I'm not surprised they enjoyed it because most of the stuff in there is fairly enjoyable. And everyone, yeah. people generally like upper body. Oh, yeah. Um, I get one because, yeah, you get that sick pump and you look good. Look good in the mirror. And it's a bit, I find, I wouldn't, don't want to say it's easier, but it's just like not a lot of people like a lot of lower body stuff. Yeah. Like, tradi like traditionally, everyone's like, I love upper body days. You know, there's a reason skip leg day is a, yeah. is a thing and there's no <laughs> skip upper body day. Yeah, um, I read something, it was, I think, this morning about this, um, you know, old school Italian or uh, American bodybuilder and he he did, he built massive legs mm. by squatting. He was one of the first bodybuilders to squat lots 
Um, and he said, oh, he was able to win because most of the bodybuilders at the time just had no legs because mm. they would focus on the leg press or calf raises, quad extension, stuff like that. Um, and because they're avoiding um, an exercise that is just so challenging, which you're right, the squat is a very challenging exercise, Yeah. Um, especially when it's heavy or when it's enough reps to make you regret your entire existence. Mm. Um it's something that a lot of people don't want to do, but the benefits are they're too much to almost ignore. Mm. You know, to to not be squatting in a program is just, I guess, asking, especially when you need that leg support for a load carriage, is just asking for knee problems, hip problems. Yeah. Um, so that was my first issue. Um, I'm pretty sure I covered most of it there. Um, yeah, pretty much everything we talked about. The second problem I had, once again, I guess we've we've touched on this briefly, is the actual exercises that somebody is doing. Yeah, we mentioned there that there's a lot of folks on the squat bench deadlift. Yeah, without really needing there to be. Yeah, um, I I don't think an infantry soldier probably needs to deadlift at all. Um, if they do, they should be doing sumo because it just builds the hips better, which mm. hips will help with the pack marching load carriage. Um, but the reason they probably don't need to be deadlifting as much is because of how much strain they've got on their lower back for every other activity of the day. Yeah. You know, they've already got, you know, walking around in, um, in body armor for significant periods of time puts a lot of strain on your lower back. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's going to build a pretty strong lower back. Um, it's probably even going to make you fairly good at deadlifts if you went and did them as a powerlifter or something, but doing them both together is I guess just asking for problems, especially when technique comes into play, I guess. Yeah, well, it's just like it's it's just the simple fact of too much work or too much focus mm. on lower body. And, lower back, sorry. Yeah, exactly. And when I, when I look at what we need versus maybe what we want, an infantry soldier needs to do work in body armor. They have mm. to. That's their job. But they don't need to deadlift. So mm. we can take that out and maybe put more rehabilitation exercises in there. Um the difference being squats, squats are, I would argue, essential because they build everything but without compromising that lower back position when they're done properly. Yeah. Especially if you're doing, you know, box squats or whatever. It's pretty hard to fuck your lower back up doing box squats. Mm. Um, and it's pretty easy for somebody to manage your technique with a box squat because yeah. it's pretty hard to rush through it as well. Um, so I guess that was my issue with that one is they're deadlifting. They probably don't need to. Most people don't know how to deadlift properly and they're not powerlifters, so why the fuck should they bother? Mm. Um, on top of that, bench press is another one that, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I guess I'd, the issue I have with infantry soldiers bench pressing is their shoulders are already getting a shitload of a workout. Um, you know, you're carrying a rifle around or a machine gun and all of the movement that you do is fatiguing the shoulders. It's probably yeah. making you more anterior dominant. Um, you know, you're developing that tightness from being hunched over all the time, yeah. carrying something with your webbing on. Um, and it's just placing a lot of stress on these muscles. And then you go and lie down on a bench, pin your fucking scaps to the floor or to, you know, that pad. And then you let a fucking weight squish your shoulders. Like yeah. we're asking for problems there. Mm. Um, well, especially... I think, and we so we powerlift, and we know we have to we have to bench, 
But benching is great for getting better at bench. Yeah. But if you want a strong chest, there are much better ways to do that. Yeah. And I mean, when we talk about, I guess this is another thing that I go into in um, in my program and I guess probably here is why would I, why would I want to bench press to begin with? Um, and the answer isn't because I want a fucking sick looking chest. <laughs> the answer is that I probably want more pushing power mm. um, because that's, I guess that's an essential component to um, maybe not a soldier, but just any kind of athlete that needs to be able to you know, run through someone, uh, which a soldier does need to do on occasion. Um, so you want them to be as strong as possible with that push. Um, it is going to help with their upper body strength in general. Um, the issue is, I guess, the execution. Um, a lot of the push, you know, comes from the legs. Mm. When you're looking at when you want to push someone or something, um, the drive comes from the legs. And if you put someone on a bench press and you don't teach them how to bench press properly, uh, which is the case, I guess, for a lot of infantry soldiers because they probably they probably don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's not their fault, but they're not they don't learn how to utilize their legs in a pushing movement mm. so i mean my argument with my program is why not get them to do a push press or yeah. um, some kind of jerk variation or something like that where you you know the weight is at shoulder height you are using your lower body to drive the weight forwards yeah which i think is a much more you know much better carryover to somebody having to drive through the legs and push than it is to lie down on your back and you know strain to get yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. weight up um on top of that the push press doesn't put the scaps in a compromised position because it's not pinning them to anything so mm. they have that freedom to move around um so i guess my issue was when it came to exercise selection um you know there are endless amounts of exercise variations yeah. you know it would be impossible to list every way to even do the bench press or the shoulder press or whatever but for some reason given all of those options people seem to still gravitate towards these three squat bench deadlift yeah because they seem to think that no matter what sport you're doing and no matter what profession you have those three are going to be the most useful when they're not really. Mm. There aren't a lot of situations I can picture. A, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. The only situation I can think of where the bench press would come in handy is when Batman is stuck under that yeah. log <laughs> <laughs> and he has to lift it up and Alfred's giving him shit for yeah. it. So I think the thing that gets people, they think, oh, when you're infantry and you're doing attack and you're on your stomach, which you are all the time, um, you have to push yourself up to get up and then like explosively and get and move and get down again. And I'd say like the bench press still isn't the best way to train yeah. that. The um, best way to do that is being doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or and then or just getting you would get your pushing muscles stronger, which you can do a million yeah. other ways. Um and even in that situation, that that push is not at, like you're not locked into any position you know no. you can move your legs in that most of the time it's one-handed because you have a rifle on you exactly anyway. um so and i believe i even addressed that in my program is the kind of thing that you should be doing to develop that bounding strength is uh, unfortunately burpees with body armor on <laughs> <laughs> so, um not crossfit ones like proper old school like hands to the ground push the feet out yeah. go down yeah, yeah. 
Um, and the reason for that is that's the strength that you need. You mm. need to be able to recruit your core, which is a big one, your legs. You need to be able to do it ideally one fucking handed. Yeah. Um, and there's no ability to, I mean, nobody's getting up with their offhand or anything and swapping over. You can't like just Me, train. My getting up for fire movements kind of like rolling a ball using my elbow to like push yeah. up and well, then it's mainly legs. I was just thinking after like that. after like two bounds, you're <laughs> fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, like getting up with yeah. your knees and shin elbows yeah. and you're just like, and then when, it becomes very ugly very quickly. Yeah. And when I think about how many bounds you might take in an assault, I mean, on the worst possible ones, it could be like that 50. Oh. Why don't we do that at the fucking hill? Yeah, that was a bad time. But <laughs> I'm not going, just go on my knee every single time. But, I'll get shot on the chest. I don't care. <laughs> but if I was to say, okay, in the course of this workout, we'll do 50 burpees total. Mm-hmm. That's it with body armor on. And you do them, you know, you do one and then you get like 30 seconds rest. There's, there's good carryover there to mm. a section attack because you might do one burpee a little fucking jog, you know, maybe some leopard crawling, trying to get into cover, but you get a little bit of time to breathe while you're shooting. So it's not like you need to do fucking 200 burpees in a row yeah. with no rest in between. Yeah. <laughs> like that, once again, that there is an example of we're training something wrong because at no stage is this guy going to have to do 200, he's going to have to burpee his way across the <laughs> <Those> jump burpees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fucking <laughs> field. He just needs to be capable of getting up properly every time because like you guys said when we didn't train that stuff which i mean how many times do we do burpees with gear on basically I never hated, i hated burpees in yeah. skin so <laughs> so that when we went and did section attacks it went to shit pretty fucking quickly because we just weren't used to that movement you know you would find other ways to do it that relied on your strengths but those other ways are probably putting stress on shoulders hips lower back lots of torque yeah um so the reason we didn't so the reason our section attacks maybe have been a bit harder than they needed to is probably because of the way we trained outside of the section. Yeah, we used, what you said was a good point is we just get up that pl- get up in a way that plays to our strengths, which is just like any movement. So you squat yeah. if you're shit if you've got weaknesses. Once it starts getting hard, you'll just start to do what is easiest for you because the body takes the path of least resistance. Yeah, like, and when that happens, you start to have the things that may be detrimental. And yeah. yeah, they put um certain parts of your body at risk. And yeah, like you said, talking like twist rolling and twisting and yeah. parts that are already tired or weak and then getting twisted like your lower back and everything. Yeah. So um and I guess my point is the solution is the solution isn't to just not ever do that stuff. Because we we know that the infantry soldier has to be good at doing attacks. Mm. We know that at some point they probably have to get on their fucking guts. Like it's not it's not nice, yeah. but it's something that has to happen. If there's no cover around, you just lie the fuck down. Yeah. Um, so they have to be able to get back up again. So why not make them really fucking good at that? You know, mm-hmm. why do we need to be bench pressing? <laughs> why can't they just be figuring out a way to get really? And I see they've made some transitions now. Um, the military these days is doing what's called the AOCP, and they're doing push. Uh, I guess it's some kind of shoulder press. I'm not sure if it's a push press. It should be, but. Um, they do a press, they do floor press now instead of bench press. Uh, they do squats and they do deadlifts. Um, I don't know if they train it four times a week or twice a week or whatever the Mm. structure is, but you know, my advice to them is you're on the fucking right track. You definitely, and you know, the PTIs on, uh, this base at Brisbane, from what I've heard through some clients and stuff, 
they are saying that, you know, the reason why you're lifting heavy is so that it stops you from getting as injured in the future. Mm. Um, that's the whole point of this AOCP is to help them prevent injuries by strengthening these areas. Um, you know, I would say let's take that one step further. Let's forget about bench press and deadlifts and all this stuff and just build it off exercises that we know are actually going to help. You know, the, I, I guess the floor press does have some value um, because it is a very good way to gauge pure upper body strength. Mm. Um but I don't think it should be a staple. I think maybe it should be an accessory or something yeah. like that. Um, and they should just focus on the push press and the squat, you know, hold on to those movements and then use accessories like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, <laughs> bent over rows. Yeah. <laughs> um, just go look at my program. It's all on there. <laughs> um, but stuff that we know, you know, you need strict form to do well. You can do it with lighter weights and still see huge benefits. Um, things like bent over row are great because we're putting strain through the lower back. You're forced to tense your core, but you're never going to be able to do it with a, a weight that's probably going to injure you, not mm. properly anyway. You might be able to fuck around and hurt yourself, but ideally you're smart enough to not do that shit. Um, so, yeah, I guess coming just uh, summarizing that second problem is you know, exercise selection is a key one. If you are an infantry soldier or if you're just fucking anyone realistically and you have a goal or you have a job that you're training for or a, um, I guess, uh, an, you're an athlete and you're training for a specific sport, mm. you need to do things that are going to make you better at that particular thing. So, you know, ask yourself, in the course of my day-to-day life as an infantry soldier, am I ever going to need to deadlift? The answer is probably no. Oh, no. <laughs> so don't fucking do it. Um, you know, you could probably say the same for squats. You know, do I ever need to do a squat? Probably not under strict conditions. Yeah, I'd say not a strict squat. Yeah. But you definitely will be doing a lot of lunging. Yeah, but do I need really fucking strong hips, really strong knees, a really fucking strong lower back, and what's the one exercise that trains all of those things without putting them too much at risk? Squat, you know. You could say, oh, but the deadlift does that too, but the risk of the deadlift is greater than the reward. Mm. And why would I do the deadlift instead of the squat if the squat can give me all the same benefits without the as much of the associated risk? The only reason I would ever choose the deadlift in that in that situation is my ego, like because you would see guys going, "Oh, I can just do the do the deadlift and get the same benefits." Well, you're probably not going to get the same hip benefits one because there's no eccentric. But people are choosing the deadlift because they can lift more because it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, sick. because yeah. yeah, it looks sick to fucking pull heaps of weight and then ruin your spine. Um, but even though you might be getting some benefits, you are, you're increasing the risk purely because it's something you like. And then on top of that, the technique is harder to control. Um, and then there's, I guess the whole situation of whether or not the eccentric matters, that sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, I would say be a bit more, um, selective about the exercises you choose. Uh, just because some stuff will really, really help you and other stuff you're purely just doing for fun. And when you're doing that stuff for fun, is it actually hurting you in the long run? Like the bench press might be hurting your shoulders, like the deadlift might be hurting your ability to walk properly. (laughs) 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 Which might be. Um, I guess the last thing I had was the finishes. Um, This one, I guess, is mainly about 
the need that infantry soldiers or people in charge feel they have to like smash you every single fucking session mm. you do. Yeah, like squeeze every little bit of yeah. energy out of your um, yeah. <laughs> Now, my program, just I guess as some comparison, the program that I wrote for soldiers does include a, a component that probably could be considered a finisher. Mm. It has a circuit um, and that circuit has three exercises, like 12 reps for each exercise. And if you do it with limited rest, it will fuck you up. Like we've mm. done it, you get three rounds through it and it just, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but you can do it in a way that it doesn't completely ruin your life. You could choose lighter weights, for example. You could have a little bit more rest. You know, there is an option there in that finisher to, I guess, not completely wreck yourself if you're just having the, one of those days where you're like, oh, I've got a lot to do or I had a big day before this and I came and trained. I don't need to just completely smash myself. I just want to get a pump or whatever. That circuit at the end can be, you know, changed in a way that you can, it's always accomplishable. Um, whereas I noticed that in a lot of programs they will do, especially this one, I believe you're doing like, Here's one, 100 push-ups at the end of a weight session and you have to do them as fast as possible. Mm. What is that telling the soldiers to do? It's like, <laughs> oh, just get through these. Just find a way to do 100 fucking push-ups in the least amount of time possible. And I believe that this comes from like that CrossFit attitude of like just get stuff done yeah. or, you know, you've, you want to be able to compete with your mates so you can show oh, I did 100 push-ups in a minute 30 or something and you know you're standing there in a sling <laughs> <laughs> like all right congratulations dude um yeah another one is you know the, the barbell complex which um i guess my issue with complexes is infantry men are not intelligent creatures most of the time um <laughs> and even way to put it, you know? <laughs> even when you you've got a fairly smart soldier when they're fucked at the end of a training session, mm. they're probably not doing the smart thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing the easy thing. So why would you put something called a complex, which is difficult, it, yeah. is, it is complex, um, why would you put that at the end of a session to, you know, provide this extra mental challenge? I don't well, know. <laughs> and that's like you're putting in this and it says it's optional, which, you know, if it's in there, then it's not optional. <laughs> and it's... And yeah, it's saying, oh, this is to test you. And I understand, like, this is something that gets pushed all the time in the military. Like, you need to, you think it's over, but then you have to keep going because it replicates like real life situations. Yeah. Um, but they, <laughs> they just push this stuff. It's like, oh, we need to challenge them. They've done this session, but now we need to challenge them. The red, that was the easy part. That was day zero. <laughs> day zero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's just ready. let's just put some. And it's like I don't know if like maybe there was some thought put into what these challenges would be. Well, I, I mean, I from what I can see, two point four hundred push-ups. They're adding like an element of their BFA yeah. at the end of these and sessions to be like try and beat your best two point four runtime just on a random day of the week. Because yeah. why the fuck not? I'll tell and you why not, because you're going to get injured doing it. You know? It's just unnecessary. And, yeah. um, just for the sake of, oh, you need to be tough. You need to, yeah. you need to be mentally tough. And uh, so we're going to make you do this. Yeah, yeah. there is a time. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I think there is definitely a time and a place for the development of mental toughness, for mm. the development of resilience. Um, but you can't do it all the time. The problem with trying to make someone tough 24 hours a day, seven days a week because they, nev they never get a chance to recover. Their body never gets a chance to adapt. So you might make them 
super fucking tough for six days and then on the seventh day you've broken them. Um, and that's what I go on to say is when you keep doing these things, when you keep throwing in these exercises like, oh, we'll just do this to challenge them, oh, we'll just do this to, you know, completely fuck the guys or whatever, there's no progressive overload, there's no lead-up training, there's no recovery, there's no, there's none of the things that we know as coaches that make a good athlete. And and my point is, do you want a whole battalion of guys that might not be at their very best, they might not be at their very toughest, but <laughs> they are well on the way, or do you want a bunch of guys that day in, day out keep doing these fucking things to prove themselves and end up injured? You know, you're, you're ending up with a battalion full of injured soldiers who are much less combat effective than a battalion full of guys that are following a fairly strict program, seeing progressive overload, um, and are able to measure their results. And, you know, we don't know if one day someone's just going to invade. Obviously, you want your soldiers relatively ready for that to happen. Yeah. But... I guarantee you a bunch of injured guys are far less ready than a, go- a bunch of guys that are halfway through a six-week program. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you probably know when they're going to deploy. You know when they're going field because it's all laid out at the start of the year. Um, and if you are able to stick to that program, you should be able to fill those those days in between with you know some kind of gradual progression some kind so that you're not just going oh okay we don't really know what to do with the guys today so just take them out and and destroy them (laughs) um which seems to be the way and you know even when you don't um you know you don't plan a session that's just going to fuck these guys a lot of the time a seco might take them out and they'll do what could be considered a relatively easy session and they'll finish on something really hard just so that everyone finishes tired or Mm. something and that I mean, that's setting them back in their training potentially weeks because you're just making it twice as hard for them to recover for whatever's tomorrow or whatever's the day after. So I'd say um, a lot of the problems that come out of infantry units and I guess the army in general is they they fail to think about what they might have to do tomorrow or the next day, the next day. It's all about what do we have to do right now. Yeah. Um, And they don't care whether their soldiers might be injured in six months as long as they're ready for the exercise today. You know, so um, which what does that leave you with for a potential deployment, or you know, you have to go and help a bunch of people with cyclones or you know, fires. Fires, there's yeah. a good example. When does that happen? <laughs> Only in the next fucking four months. And if all your guys are injured because you're just smashing them into the ground with all this spare time you have, they're not going to do a very fucking good job when it comes to these exercises or these deployments or these assistance whatever they fucking call them, Yazi assist or whatever that was, these operations. Um, And would you rather the soldiers are at their very best during training or would you rather they're at their very best when they might actually have to do their fucking job? Mm. And I think most of the army, especially some of the leadership elements, tend to go, oh, no, I want them at their very best during training. They have to put in 100% now because if they don't do it now, how can we guarantee they'll do it then? Well, I'll tell you, if they are putting in 100% now, they're not going to be capable of doing it then. <laughs> yeah, it's like any basic peaking cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you get them to do 100% on Tuesday, they can't give 100% on Saturday because mm. they're not capable anymore. They already did it. <laughs> so apply that thinking if it's possible. If anyone from the Army is listening to this right now, just get it in your head that what you're doing is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's is that's dumb. The, uh, the takeaway point for this whole hour. 
Yeah. Um, I guess we're on the home stretch now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five minutes to go if there's any closing points. That was it. Just don't, <laughs> yeah. don't be dumb. Don't, don't, be, dumb. Be, don't be dumb, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, this article, even though it started off, once again, um, one of my articles that was inspired by me feeling probably an inordinate amount of rage about something <laughs> that's probably not that big of a deal. Um, it turned into, I guess, an excuse for me to write about why um, why you as a soldier should be very conscious about the kind of training that you're doing. And if you know that you are um, doing certain amount of things during the week, you need to be careful about the extra training that you do um, and you need to try and maximise your recovery. Um, now, that doesn't mean sitting on your ass all the time. It just means that... You know, if you have the choice between, say, bench press and strict press or push press, you choose the one that's going to have more carryover to your job and you also choose the one that's not going to aggravate your injuries. Um, if you know that you are anterior dominant, you know, you've got tight shoulders, tight pecs or whatever, stop doing so many push-ups and start working on the back. Um, if you know you're not spending enough time on the legs or the posterior chain, start doing more heavy squats. Start looking for ways to make those in, turn those injuries or weaknesses into strengths. That was, I guess, the whole point of this program or this article. Yeah, cool. So I guess that's a good spot to wrap it up on then. Yeah, wrap yeah. me up, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for anyone that's come to the first ep- first live podcast recording. Yeah. We're doing this from Mondays now on, 8 a.m. Every Monday we'll be recording a podcast live. Unfortunately, won't be answering questions but if there's anything that comes through we'll try and answer it well we will answer it tomorrow during the uh live so we'll be back tomorrow 5 p.m for the normal live at five and um we'll catch everyone then hope you all have a good day yeah see you later adios thanks for joining us for this episode of the hard way with anvil tnd this is all made possible by listeners like you so thank you for your support if you enjoyed this one hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, train smart, train hard.